Today's episode is all about encouragement. If you feel like if you feel like marriage is hard, if you can't find a way forward, you feel like giving up, don't. Mm-hmm. We're here to encourage you. Don't give up. There's a big reason. There's a bigger reason than you to hold on to your marriage, and it's worth it. There's a bigger reason to fight for love uh, because God is at work, right? We have to have perspective on mm. these things. Sorry. So good. I'm just thinking about how... God is at work has to be more valuable to us than our own happiness and peace of mind sometimes. Mm. And that's a hard thing, just processing that. Well, it takes faith, right? And that's yeah. that's the life of a believer is learning to two things, repent and believe, to, <laughs> to, to pray, Lord, help me with yeah. my unbelief. And so today we're going to walk through... Uh, a, a big chunk of John 17 mm. and really look, it's, it's the high priestly prayer that Jesus prays just before he heads uh, to the Garden of, of Gethsemane. Uh, it's a profound prayer. Today we're going to look at what that could mean for you where you're at in your marriage, or perhaps you have a friend who just needs to be encouraged in these truths. So anyway, stick around. It's going to be a good talk. We'll see you on the other side. Welcome to the Fierce Marriage Podcast, where we believe that marriage takes a fierce tenacity that never gives up and refuses to give in. Here we'll share openly and honestly about all things marriage. Sex, communication, finances, priorities, purpose, and everything in between. Laugh, ponder, and join in on candid, gospel-centered conversations. This is Fierce Marriage. Yeah, I was reading John 17 the other day, and uh, it's mind-blowing, right? I feel like every time I go to the Bible, I'm like... I can't Imagine read that, right? it fast enough. <laughs> I can't read it hard enough like, and study it and know it well enough. I just feel like this is something God's working on in my heart. Uh, I feel inadequate every time I approach scripture. And I think that's probably think that's a good, good thing. That's good. <laughs> you don't want to feel like scripture is inadequate. <laughs> I got this. <laughs> yeah, I got this. I, but it's just like, I just, I don't know. I feel like I never spend enough time in there. And I just want more time. <laughs> it's probably, yeah, it's probably, I don't it's know. It's a very rich the richest book i would argue of all the, the books the bible <laughs> <laughs> profound <laughs> bestseller probably should read it no it's uh, it is truly authoritative and so uh i don't know john 17 i feel like really just jumped out as we were talking about this this kind of idea for this podcast episode uh and so it's going to be uh, it should be good talk but yeah yeah so uh, be encouraged married Married person, husband, wife, be encouraged that your your situation today, even in this situation today, or even in any hardship you face, God is still at work. He's not turning around. He's not sleeping at the wheel. He hasn't forgotten. He hasn't left. He hasn't vacated the vicinity. He is still working mm. in your life, in your marriage. He wants to see uh, your flourishing in light of who he is and everything he's done. And you know what? Sometimes that flourishing doesn't look like we want it to look mm. and doesn't it doesn't come about by means that we want it to come about by uh, and so we need to walk in faith and so much of John 17 is Christ's prayer to that effect so good I feel like it slowed my prayers or like made me more conscious of them because if I'm like oh God I just pray for all these things and I pray like yes he's still aligning my heart to the things of him um, but I'm like oh he's gonna ch- he's probably gonna go about this way different than I would <laughs> Yeah. And so it's like you said, it just takes a lot of faith and trust um, in those prayers. And mm. I don't know, I, I become less rambly in my prayers and more aware of the words that mm. are coming out of my mouth. It's amazing how as we get older, we get wiser. 
Just little bits. Little do tiny we? Bits. Or do we just well, get less naive? <laughs> <laughs> the verdict's out. The verdict is out. So if you haven't if you haven't left a review yet, uh, please do for the Fierce Marriage Podcast. It means the world to us. It helps others uh, decipher whether or not this podcast is worth their valuable time. Mm. We do our we do work our hardest to make it valuable to our listeners. Um, so if you've found value here, leaving a review helps others find the same value. Um, and obviously a rating as well in iTunes uh, in specific. Secondly, if you want to join us in this mission of pointing couples to Christ and uh, commissioning them for the gospel, uh, we are doing that alongside around 275-ish uh, patrons, mm. people who have decided to lock arms with us. So awesome. If you feel called to that, uh, we just ask that you would pray and that you would jump on board and the way you jump on board is you go to uh, patreon.com slash fierce marriage and that's patreon p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash fierce marriage it's kind of just a little like it's a little jingle yeah and if you have some questions we do answer questions periodically it's good to kind of get a pulse on where you're at you can ask those at fierce marriage.com slash podcast there's a phone number there 971-333-1120 call or text not while you're driving Okay. Nice. That was really good. <laughs> that was fast. That was a fast one. So um, before we dive into this conversation, I think we it always behooves us to kind of paint the picture of we are bringing about like a large encouragement. Mm. Um, you won't hear us on this podcast say, oh, these are the reasons why you should maybe not be married. We will never talk about those things. Um, but the things that we will talk about, um, we don't want to put undue pressure in situations that we don't know about, right? If there's, if you're dealing with some really, really hard, dark stuff, mm. um, we always encourage get to go to a pastor, a counselor, somebody who is wiser than us, that is more certified, that can help you walk through these hard things side That's by key. side, face to face. Um, when we're saying, sitting here saying, don't give up on your marriage, we're not sitting here ignorantly telling the world to like not give up on your marriage. We're saying that knowing that there are people walking through dark and hard things right now. And we are not mm. the answer. Jesus is. And the way that looks may require counselors and pastors. And maybe for us, our goal today is to be encouraging. Our goal today is to help promote the hope that is Jesus yeah. and to shed the light that is, is, yeah. is him. So a key there is walking alongside because we just can't possibly do that. And so we're broadcasting this or podcasting this message out there. <laughs> Uh, and it's a general encouragement, but yeah, do, do not overlook the need to walk alongside somebody in, yes. the, in your struggle. So, yes. Okay. So here so we go. This, okay. So this comes from, uh, the kind of the inspiration, the outline, the, the flow of this episode it actually comes from our Instagram account. So we posted recently uh, this quote, uh, this thought rather, and it's that marriage is an ongoing, vivid illustration of what it costs to love an imperfect person unconditionally, just as Christ has loved you, mm. just as Christ has loved you. And so in that caption, so if you're not aware, we do on Instagram, we, we don't share terribly often. We share a couple times a week, usually max. Sometimes we go once a week and we try to make it kind of a devotional experience for you in your feed if you're willing to kind of read for a minute or two um, in the caption and the captions end up being around 200 300 words however long however much Instagram allows to give you a little bit more meat um, mm. to kind of process through instead of just some sort of flippant inspiring thing that would kind of just pass after a few minutes yeah we try to bring a little bit more depth I think yeah and so this outline comes from 
yeah. that caption. So if you haven't followed us yet on Instagram, please go do that um, so we can stay connected that way. But yeah. Yeah. So talking about mm. and bringing this encouragement of not giving up on your marriage, mm. like we're here to remind you that despite what you're feeling right now, what you've experienced or what you're experiencing, we're here to say God is still good. Mm. Um, we're here to say you're not alone and that maybe the marriages you are seeing around you or you've seen wherever that you say are perfect or they look struggle-free, well, they're not. <laughs> and right. we want to encourage you in those things. And why are we encouraging you to persevere? Why mm. would we, why would people, why would we say, stick to your marriage, don't give up on it? Because the, the world may look at your marriage and say, you know what, you might as well just cut your losses, right? But why do right. we have this hope and this this deeper anchor of encouragement to say, keep going even though it's hard? Yeah, and I think for some, you might be thinking that in your head consciously. Yeah. Oh, is this even going to work? Uh, he is so difficult or she is just so difficult. They're not, I can't get through to him or her. And I just don't see this working. We've, right. we've, there's too much We're damage. We're hurting each other too bad. There's too much hurt. Yeah. I'm too hurt. They're too hurt. Uh, and so there's some that it's, it's kind of really overt in that sense that you're thinking those thoughts consciously, or you could be kind of coming out of a rough patch. And you're starting to feel, maybe you're not thinking those thoughts, but you're starting to feel a bit of hopelessness. Yeah. Or you're starting to kind of buy this this lie, and it is a lie, and the lie is this, is that maybe your marriage, instead of your marriage uh, needs work, or your marriage is, is something that is an ongoing illustration of yeah. God's love, instead maybe you're you're buying the lie that your marriage just can never work. Mm. And, and so what I mean by that is marriages aren't... <laughs> We believe, okay, marriage is a covenantal relationship. Covenant is not something that just kind of comes and goes. A covenantal relationship is, is, is for life. The marriage covenant is for life. And so when you enter into it, that covenant, then you are entering into something that is not meant to be dissolved, uh, easily. Mm. And so, but oftentimes the world would see it as kind of just a trial and error type of thing. Mm. It's like we gave this a shot. Listen, it was you know it was not gonna it's not gonna work because we're two different incompatible people. Mm. Uh, I no longer love you. I no longer feel have feelings of love toward you, or we are no longer compatible because our life has just changed. Right? That, those are all lies. Nobody's compatible when they get married. <laughs> like, hello, yeah, sure. There are some couples that are kind of they get along better because there's a different personalities right. and they're more. There might they're be more, some affinities there, but right, or yeah. they're just yeah, maybe they are more quote unquote compatible. But I'm saying on a deep level, no one is going to get along perfectly. Yes, and so every marriage takes work, and so this is just an encouragement. Whether you're on the far end of that spectrum or you're on the near end of that spectrum, that that we are here to tell you that God is still good. You're not alone. That any anything that you perceive or desire as a perfect marriage, I'm telling you that it's not going to be struggle-free. In fact, Jesus has promised us that the marriages are not going to be struggle-free. Mm -hmm. uh, he hasn't he didn't use that language. He said, he said that we are, uh, what is it? It's in, we're going to read it, John 16. <laughs> he says, I'm just going to read it. It's John 16, verse 33. He says, uh, in me, he says, I have said these things to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but take heart. I have overcome the world. Okay, is your marriage in the mm. world? Is our relationship in the world? Uh, am I in the world? Like, we will have tribulation here. That includes our marriage. Yes. It's going to be tough. And he's also talking about persecution. I don't want to gloss over that he's talking about persecution. He's talking about dying for the faith. Okay. So I, I definitely don't want to minimize what Jesus was saying, but I am saying mm -hmm. that 
uh, he never promised us this easy, perfect life. Okay. Right. Well, I think we can experience, excuse me, experience persecution in our marriage if we are trying to stand for the things that God is asking us to stand for. Right. We can experience hardship through that because it's not popular because it's maybe not what our spouse believes. Right. Maybe mm. there's just, True. so yeah. I'm, I'm not saying again, not minimizing it. I'm just trying to paint the picture that it can be here as well. That, that type of persecution, not sure. at a lower level. Like we're not standing that's re- really waiting good. to be stoned. That's a really good point. Uh, physically, but we may be standing ready to be stoned like spiritually. By, well, I mean, we're, we just signed last week, a. Uh, a petition to repeal some stuff that goes against what we would believe, uh, well, our biblical values. Right. When it comes to family, yeah, and when it comes to how we educate our kids and how and and in terms of human sexuality and what mm-hmm. truths I'm using quote fingers, what truths the world would indoctrinate our children with, mm-hmm. uh, and so that in a. <laughs> I don't want to call it persecution because that feels like it's, it's minimizing the persecution warfare, of the of the global yeah. church, but it is a, it is a definitely we are not a at vein home. Of persecution, yes. We are not at home in the world, and we're going to read John seventeen parts of it that that talk exactly about that. Yeah. So, did you want to read that, or did you want me to read that? Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay, so I'm going to start in verse six or no, verse ten. Uh, so again, this is the high priestly prayer. This is to Jesus. give you some context, yeah. Yeah. this is Jesus Good. praying. To God, uh, to the Father, I will say, um, prior to being um, captured or betrayed in the garden and, and, and prior to his arrest and, and ensuing crucifixion. Okay, so it's kind of his, uh, there's some tension, right, going on in him. And as he's praying for, who's he praying for? He's praying as a high priest. So he's praying for us. He's praying for mm. the believers that, that, that the Father has given him. He's praying for unity. And I think as we'll see this, one of the big themes within this prayer, it's it's theologically very dense and very beautiful, uh, but one of the big themes is that he would just he's praying essentially that we would believe and that his believer and people who follow him would believe that he is who he says he is, mm. that he has done what he says he so came good. to do. And so that, as we'll see, that belief, um, when realized... Uh, informs every aspect of the life of a believer, um, especially in being not of this world, as he, mm. and that's the words he uses. So anyway, I'm going to start in, like I said, verse 9. Oh, you should read the first verses if you're just listener. Read Start at the beginning when you can, because it's just incredible what Jesus, mm. the words of Jesus, obviously, I know, but just so rich. Yeah, it's very rich. That, that'll be our, our couple's conversation challenge when we read John 17 together. <laughs> yes. um, okay, so verse 10, all mine are yours and yours are mine and I am glorified in them and I am no longer in the world, but they are in the world and I am coming to you. Holy Father, let them in your name, keep them in your name, which you have given me, that they may be one, even as we are one. While I was with them, I kept them in your name, which you have given me. I have guarded them, and not one of them has been lost except the son of destruction, that the scripture might be fulfilled. But now I am coming to you, and these things I speak in the world, that they may have my joy fulfilled in themselves. I have given them your word, and the world has hated them, because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. I do not ask that you take them out of the world, but that you would keep them from the evil one. That's key. Mm. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. You have sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. And for their sake, I consecrate myself, 
that they also may be sanctified in truth. Okay, and it goes on. I, I'm so tempted to continue reading. <laughs> um, again, read the Go whole thing. Go read it. Go read it. But I don't know. that The part that really jumped out at me and the reason why I really want to focus on this passage here, um, again, he's not talking about marriage. I don't want to. I don't want to make wrong um, conflations, context, and yeah. I don't want to make wrong like uh, associations here. But I do want to talk about uh, this in terms of just being a, li- a believer. Mm. Okay, so we're all believers, and Jesus has said that we are not of this world, and He is explicitly not taking us out of this world. Right? I think so often we want to just be swept up out of our troubles. <laughs> we want to be swept up out of the and pain. And our prayers often reflect that, right? Yes. Just, just God, don't help. Like, Oftentimes our prayers are not, God, help me through this and help me grow through this, but instead, remove just me alleviate. from this yes. <laughs> or remove this from me. Right. And I think there's a time and a place and we are called to pray those prayers of faith, pleading of our Father to heal, pleading of our Father to work miracles. I think those are all good, godly things to pray. But so often our orientation is not because we want you to be glorified, God, or for you to be glorified in us. But instead, I want to just be—I want this to be easier. Mm. Okay, and that's—that's that's not necessarily that's not what Jesus is teaching. That's not what He's showing us right. here. He's saying that uh, I'm not of the world. Jesus speaking. Yeah. And just as I'm not of the world, they are not of the world, and I have not removed them. Uh, I do not ask that you take them out of the world, but that you keep them from the evil one. In other words, protect them in the world. Okay, that you would. Uh, guide their steps in a way that keeps them from the evil one, from temptation, from those things that would, would lead them astray. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. This is verse 16 on 17. Sanctify them in the truth. Sanctify. What is sanctification? Sanctification is basically being made holy. Mm-hmm. So being sanctifying us in the truth is letting the truth bear such weight in our lives that we are made holier. And you'll see this bears weight in the rest of this conversation. But mm-hmm. if we let the truth reign as the authority that it is, and here's what he says in the next the next sentence, the next clause, your word is truth. That word truth there is not your word is true, the Greek word. It's it's not a it's not a ad it's not an uh, adjective describing God's word as true as something that is true because that would imply that there is another standard that we're comparing it to. Instead, it says your word is noun truth. It is the, the truth. Standard. <laughs> it is truth itself. It is truth incarnate. Wow. Like Jesus is truth incarnate. He is the word, right? And the, the, the logos, right? So there's a lot, there's a lot to be said here, but so we are being sanctified in truth. He is truth. The word, his word, the father's word is truth. So it's, we're talking about sanctification now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so if we let this word bear weight on our lives, it's going to, begin to purify us, sanctify us, cleanse us from unholiness, from unbelief, from areas of our lives where maybe our pride is reigning, maybe our own selfish desire, our desire for ease, our desire, our fear of man, or whatever that, that lie is that we're believing mm-hmm. will be sanctified in us as we are in the world, but not of the world and sanctified by this truth. Make sense? Yes. Okay. So where do we go from here? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's good. It's good because I think we have to understand, right, that sanctification is is it, it says in the footnotes the Greek is that we may be set apart for the holy service of God, hmm. uh, so holy service to God. <clears throat> Excuse me. So if we are not of this world, we are being sanctified, which means we are being we are set apart, um, and we believe that and we walk in that, then that's going to obviously flow out and influence how we treat those around us, right? How we love those around us, despite right. how they love us, 
And that's hard. I think it's really difficult to like love someone who doesn't love you, right? Or if you feel like they don't love you Mm -hmm. or you feel like they don't value your marriage or they don't value um, this or you guys are not on the same page in terms of beliefs, right? That those are all big, hard challenges. So how do we, how can we say, you know, stay in your marriage, don't give up? How do you, how do we keep that? What we're just going to go into is perspective. How, how does perspective Mm -hmm. help us, um, cling to the promises of God, cling to the person of Jesus in this hard thing, this hard season that we're experiencing in our marriage. Um, Well, the first, I mean, just to jump off that, what we just read and what I mentioned prior is that so much of that prayer is, is really about the perspective of believers. And that's, that's a really minimalistic way to say it, but that they would believe that we would believe mm. that Jesus is who he said he mm. is. Yeah. That he did what he said he did, that he is in fact sent by the father. He's returning to the father. He is one with the father. We believe in the triune God and all the implications that has for everything that he said and did mm. in the four gospels and, and everything that he said and did uh, throughout the rest of the new Testament right? through the letters that are written there and the testimonies given by the, the, the apostles. So, I mean, that perspective Mm -hmm. is not to be just like, oh, yeah, of course, I'm a Christian. Of course, I believe Jesus is is who he says he was. Okay, we can say those things with our words, but we don't necessarily believe them with our hearts. And so therefore, we we don't reflect them in in the way we live our lives. Right. Because I think how sanctification, sorry, keep going. You're right. I mean, it's it's because if we believed that what Jesus says is that in this world, take heart, uh, you, you, in the world, you will have tribulation, but take heart, I've overcome the world. Okay. If we believe that. Mm Mm-hmm. That we'll have tribulation. Okay, that that reality will be a part of our lives. Right. We're we going to have surpri- Well, we won't be surprised. I think right. by it, we'll have a, if we have this right perspective that God is God. That even in these times of like a pandemic, right, we can trust the goodness of God. We mm-hmm. can trust who He is, and that again, this is not out of His control. Same goes for our marriage. Our marriage is not spinning out of control with God. He, yeah, he, he's not somehow missing. He's not like, surprised by things. Yeah. He's not, yeah. you know, wondering. Oh no, what's the next step? Right? He is in control. He's sovereign. He's sovereign, and we can rest in that. Not just like doing nothing. I think. I think that he definitely has called us into action in a few areas, which we talked about in our last episode hmm. of like what has he given us dominion and stewardship over and what has he yeah. not right in terms of changing our spouse so this is there might be things that we want to change about them right because otherwise it just kind of feels like we just want to keep giving up but mm. um god has said you know there's there's things that are in in i've given you role and dominion over and then there's things that i haven't yeah so here we are asking god right Give us perspective, Lord. Give us your perspective. Help us. Help mm. our the way we see our marriage, the way we see struggles, to be the way that you see struggles. So I'm not just surprised by the fact that we are having struggles in our marriage, right? I am now seeing this as an opportunity opportunity for sanctification and endurance that will be fueled by our our Lord, right? That He is working out something. I'm trusting that He's working out something greater and deeper and. F- far more like long lasting than Mm. my just prayer and desire to please God, just alleviate, please God, just take away, please God, just right. We see that in the end of 1620, 1633. Yeah. Right. What you read before. Yeah. You'll have tribulation in the world. What's he say? But take heart, right? Take heart. What are you doing right there? 
but if it's not taking heart in mm-hmm. saying that like god I, I choose to see to, to to believe you in the fact that this tribulation is is part of our lot as believers because i'm choosing to follow you meaning that it's not going to always be easy right and I'm taking heart knowing that you have overcome the world. Yeah, ease so. is not an indication of God, right? <laughs> what? <laughs> so, yeah, our promise, our inheritance, our peace is, I think you said it when we were talking about this, it's outside of this reality. When we have his perspective, or more of his perspective, like we are understanding, uh, I think, just the spiritual realm more mm. and the spiritual side of of things, whereas like, as believers, we see the world in this way now. We don't see it as the world sees it, but we see it how he sees it. Not perfectly, right? We are flawed. We're humans. We're not God. But mm. we are learning to see God in these hard times and the goodness of him in the difficult times. And Can we go off script yeah. a little bit? Okay. I, I just am having this thought. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yep, uh, just had a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> So much of what we experience in marriage is self-inflicted, okay? And some of it's not. Mm. So I'm thinking about the Old Testament, all the Proverbs, you know, you reap what you sow, that mm. type of thing. Like there is a wise way to live. Like we are taught to way, to live sure. in the way of wisdom. And what the way of wisdom is, is really recognizing, honoring, upholding God's law in our mm. lives, doing things in a spirit of wisdom right. according to his word and, and being humbled and, and uh, spurning or turning away from mm. foolishness and yeah. turning toward the way of wisdom. Okay. So there's some expectation that like, Hey, if I live wisely, it will go well with me. That's kind of part of a biblical promise. We, we know by looking throughout all of Christendom, the history of, you know, how <laughs> people lived wisely, but still were murdered and killed for their mm-hmm. faith. Okay. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm thinking about marriage. In some marriage, in some of, in some of our problems are self inflicted. Some of them are internal, meaning that I we are not. I'm, you and I, Ryan and Selena, but also other couples who uh, maybe don't necessarily have the same. Okay, so we share the same belief system. You and I. Mm-hmm. Some couples don't share that, right? And so you, they're not living out the same kind of wisdom script, if you will. Yeah. yeah. And so there's some problems that are are issues of that. Okay. Right. So uh, we don't communicate well because. As a husband or as a wife, I don't submit to biblical principles on communication, meaning like listening, being slow to speak, being quick to listen, mm. being slow to respond, mm. uh, being an empathizer, things like we, we read in Recognizing James. Recognizing that pride is not. Yes. So there's some dysfunction trait. that's a yeah. result of that. Right. There's some dysfunction because maybe some, a husband or a wife don't, don't believe in God's ethic of sexuality. Mm. Meaning that I don't, I, or the the fact that sexuality is reserved for within a marriage, or and and that lust is bad, it's pornography good. is bad, and so of course there's going to be things in our in our lives that if we don't submit ourselves to God's law, which is still good, mm. okay, we don't live under the law, but we can still live by it. Does that make sense? Meaning that we still we can still look our at God. Salvation God's, is not based on the law. Yes, we don't live under the law in the sense that we are saved by it. We are saved by grace through faith in Christ alone. Right. That is. That is sure, but the law is still th- still a thing, right? And so, still living righteously is still a thing. And so, when we live outside of those boundaries, and this is not popular, by the way, <laughs> I, I expect some pushback on this. <laughs> but um, th- but when we live outside of those things, it's going to end up go- not going well with us, right? Okay, so that's the internal piece. As I'm processing through this, there's also the external piece, which is like, okay, so say we do live according to the law we're not perfect but we we uphold the law and we we value the we things value of God. scripture yes 
does that mean that we are now guaranteed a, a pass through all sickness, right. through all disease, right. through all hurt, through all no. like mistakes yeah. of sin? Yeah. No, it's not. And so there's, I, I just want to make that differentiation as you're going through whatever trial you are in marriage, that yeah. there is a sense that we are given a grace called wisdom to, to then return from our sin and turn to God's way and say, I'm going to live according to your way, not my own. I'm going to choose wisdom over foolishness. Mm. And that will begin the path toward healing. Right. Uh, it's not a guarantee of freedom from tribulation, yeah. but it's a guarantee uh, that, that that you're going to be walking in a way that is more in line with yeah. what leads to human flourishing. Does yeah. that make sense? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I was just thinking of it through like spiritual maturity. You know, we talk about that. And like, I think all of us, we want wisdom, right? We're not... Do we, As though? a believer. Well, <laughs> Do we, though? I mean... I think we want... All of us say we want wisdom. Well, yeah, there's always... The sin, our sin bent, right? We're all broken, and there's always yep. this, like, root of pride that the Lord is using to sanctify us, which is... He's so good in that. So, um, no, I think that's really great that you outlined those two I just, perspectives, <sighs> because they're, it's yeah. so true. And I don't want to keep, like, hashing through it, because you just said it, and it was great. So... Um, so having, we're, we're making the case for perspective in our marriage, right? Having the right perspective about who God is, having the right perspective of the reality that we live in, right? Mm, this yep, is not the end of our lives. We're not of this the world. Is, we are not of yeah. the world. Yeah. We are here. What do you say the, there and then this and yeah. now? I can't, I'm blanking out on your it's not, it's not here now, but there and then. Yes, or, yes. Or already, so we, but not yet. Already, but not yet. All those <laughs> phrases, that is where we are. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and Jesus echoes that in his language. He's like, I'm going back to the Father. Like, they are not of the world, but they're in the world, right? right. This this truth is not, it's not true. It's truth itself, right? Yeah. So it's, all these things are outside of our standard, our worldly standard, and outside of our worldly reality. And so we submit ourselves to a greater reality, and that right. is triune God, his scripture is authoritative, all that good stuff. Right. So having I, that perspective is what you're saying. Yes. And so if we look at John sixteen thirty three, like you read before of, of just our peace is not here. Our peace is, in, is otherworldly. It's from Jesus. I've said mm. these things to you. You may have peace in the world. You have tribulation, but take heart. Mm. So we find our peace in, in, in Christ, right? Our deep peace. We find our joy in him. Again, the reality of who God is. The reality of versus the reality of this world, trying to find those deep things that our hearts were created to only find in the Lord. Mm. We cannot find in this world. Jesus is reminding us of that and instructing us, not reminding. He's instructing us and teaching mm. us and modeling and showing us. So if our peace, hope, and joy is rooted and found in Christ alone, then we can embrace our call to persevere in marriage. So we're talking about perspective first. God, help us to have your perspective when our inspect our inspective our perspective <laughs> is informed by the gospel and the things of god we can then live out this call to persevere in our marriage right it doesn't mean like he said we aren't going to experience pain or moments of hopelessness um we're never promised again a life right. without trials but we can take hope take heart have our peace found in jesus who has overcome the world mm. we're called as believers to persevere if we look at Romans 5, um, 3 through 5, which I would say, read John 16, 17, and Romans 5. Just read the whole Bible. It's really good. <laughs> I'm trying. Romans 5 talks yeah. about peace with God through faith. Um, starting in verse 3, 
Not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. So I know that my my conditioning for wanting the things of God, I'm conditioned to want things quick and fast and somewhat easy, right? It's good to have a little bit of struggle, but not too much. Like, then it feels out of control, <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Like, that's how we're conditioned in our day and age, in our modern times yeah. to, like, journey through. But our idea of a journey is, like, an hour, right? And so it's – and that even feels like a long time to some people. But if we really – like, God is so good and that he is steadfast in these things. So not only – so I, what I'm saying is that I want care. I want to have a good character, right? I want to have endurance. I want to have these things that produce mm. hope. But God is saying, like, these are not things that you just like. Mm. It, you go look, read in a book, and you go take a test and just experience. Okay, now I've got it. I've got like joy. I've got endurance. No, we endurance is produced through suffering. Like endurance, character is produced through that endurance of that suffering like there wow. this is the picture of sanctification that's i guess so ultimately is what i'm saying that's so good that's and I, we have a few ways forward of tangible do. ways that we will get to in a minute i just want to i want to connect a quick line because this actually does connect directly this is romans 5 it connects directly to to john sixteen seventeen that we just read in, in verses one through three therefore since we and this is before what you just read because it says not only that yeah, I know. <laughs> and I was like, well, not only what? And so I'm, <laughs> I wanted to go back and read it. I almost started at the beginning. So but... therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, that's the entirety of that high priestly prayer, that, that they would uh, that they would have peace with you. Mm. It, what, what, what did he say in John uh, 16, 33? Th- that uh, you have peace through this time, like take heart mm. when you have tribu- tribulation. So we have peace with God. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, through him we also have obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. I rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. And not only that, but we rejoice in our suffering. So, okay, there's <laughs> we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Is there anything better to rejoice in? Mm. Okay, and then Paul immediately, it's like this ju- this juke. <laughs> and not only that, but we also rejoice in the same the same mm. word in our sufferings why because they will be used for the glory of god so good and so that's what perspective is when you realize that our marriage is not just about here and now it's about there and then it's about the glory of god and you know what god forbid <laughs> i'm not saying god forbid that that our his glory actually comes bi- comes by our suffering as i think a lot of times mm. we think that look at jesus like i'm suffering Ultimate that this could not glory. possibly be glorifying to god and i'm saying that we we can take hope and take heart in the middle of that suffering because it is God working in us. Well, in John 17, which you didn't read the first part, when Jesus had spoken these words, he lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son that the son may glorify you. Okay. This is amazing how the Bible is (laughs) (laughs) self-affirming. Yeah. It's, we keep like creeping in with more verses. (laughs) I love this. But the point is, the perspective is the fact that your marriage is in tribulation that you face, especially, you know, here and now in this life. Well, that's the only life we have. It will be used for God's glory. Right. That's the big perspective. We can breathe in that, I think. We can, (sighs) we can rest in that our sufferings are not 
the end all be all that God is at work. We can take hope in that. Hmm. So how can we tangibly move and have perseverance, right? Um, Hmm. We have three kind of tangible ways to, to persevere forward and having perseverance again, just defining it means that you stick together without abandoning the process Mm -hmm. while God continues his work. Right. Right. Yeah. So what are these three ways? Right. Go ahead. Okay. The first one, (laughs) Learn, and this is going to be very, very practical. Okay, so we've talked kind of big concept, big understanding that your suffering is for God's glory, and it'll it'll produce endurance and, and produce holiness, and sanctification. So now let's get really tangible. The first way that you can um, move forward in this is learn to show your spouse affection in ways they will feel it most. Okay, you might you might think, how is that possibly going to fix this issue that we're facing right now? Mm. How is that possibly going to solve anything? Mm. Um, well, honestly, like just learning to love well. Yeah. In a marriage is oftentimes, it's oftentimes the the big reason that we're experiencing dysfunction because we haven't learned to love well, and so things like uh, using a, a a word aptly timed right can diffuse all mm-hmm. manner of anxiety. It can di- diffuse frustration. It can diffuse the communication funk, mm. right? We've all had a communication funk at yeah. times. We like to get funky around here. <laughs> uh, <Nice>. Keep in mind <laughs> that you know in in those times a word. A word of encouragement could also be not a word at all. It could be a hug. It could be some affection. It could yeah. be maybe just sitting together in silence, An act maybe of service, empathizing, even. Like, yeah, learning yeah. to love each other well, forgiving, yep. giving grace, mm. giving generous encouragement. Um, the point is, is that love begets love, generosity begets generosity, and oftentimes the Holy Spirit, as we pray and ask Him to intervene in our marriage, a lot of times He'll pray or He'll He'll respond by saying, "Okay, go love well." Mm. go love well and remembering the definition the biblical definition of love is just so important in Mm -hmm. this time um the second one i think is give tons of grace when your spouse frustrates you okay that's along the same lines it is um because sometimes there might be something deeper that's really bothering them right mm -hmm. we all have things that we're just kind of i i'm guilty of this right like i think i'll get sassy or something with you and typically there's something deeper going. Actually, it's more you, I think, because I'll be like, "Is there something going on? You're right there." Like you just you'll. And I don't really want you to ask me you that. You don't question. want me to ask, but it's very obvious that you <laughs> yeah. don't want me to ask. I've gotten yeah. better at understanding this and mm. not being not just retaliating like when he's sassy with me. Right? I'm not just like, well, <laughs> yeah. You know, Although just I will say it's frustrating puffy. when I'm just like. No, I'm just frustrated with the thing I'm talking about right now. And you're like, no, it's deeper. You're just hungry. <laughs> and I'm like, nope, that's I'm full. Not I, I'm just angry. That's not. Are you angry right now? I feel like yes. you're getting irritated. Podcast over. Figure out the third one on your own. <laughs> um, so the abundance of the heart. <laughs> give tons of grace. All right. Grace, Selena. Uh, tons of grace. And I think, honestly, this one, the second really practical thing is really just kind of... Uh, press further into the grace you've experienced in Christ yeah. because from there you will be compelled yourself to give grace even more. Huh. Um, Cause I think to the extent that we experience grace is the extent that we give it to each other. Yeah. And I, I would even attest that um, a lack of showing grace to your spouse is probably, this is going to be hard, but it's probably an indication that you've not understood the grace you've received in Christ. Mm. So what is it? Matthew uh, 18, mm-hmm. right? The parable of the unforgiving servant where uh, the servant is forgiven this, this, tiny or this massive debt right the equivalent of like millions and millions of dollars right and then this servant who in his in that instance of being forgiven runs to his somebody who owes him like 20 bucks 
and it's like pay up or, or I'm going to basically choke you out type of thing. <laughs> and Jesus is like, that's, that's you're insane. Missing it. You're you missing completely it. missed it. So you're a wicked, you're an unforgiving servant. You're, you're being wicked. Mm-hmm. I think we can do that with our spouse yeah. in a lot of ways. We can hold things against each other when really we, we, we have been forgiven so richly and so deeply in the gospel and we are withholding forgiveness. Yeah. That doesn't mean that you forego healing. Right. doesn't mean you forego reconciliation. Yeah. There's, um, yeah. there's a lot to be said, yeah, obviously about forgiveness. And so the second one, I think it just, it's really saying like, Explore what those deeper right. things might be with grace. Be full of grace towards each other when you're asking questions or don't assume that they're just hungry, even though maybe they are. But if there is something deeper, explore that with grace. I think that is very mm-hmm. disarming for the other person. I'll just, I guess, speak good, for myself good. in that area. So the third one, um, learn to persevere. I think we can uh, assume that we know how to persevere, right? But we don't always understand what it means to persevere and how Mm. we can resolve to just never give up in our minds, right? Never give up. And sometimes it means reading those words over and over again. I think honestly, memorizing scripture would be a big thing here of of a call to perseverance. Um, There's something about that repetition and that memorization Mm -hmm. that really gets it into your heart and your soul. And especially when you're walking what feels like through fire, right? In your marriage yeah, and, and so often the learning to persevere is not just a bootstrap thing. You don't just pull yourself up by your bootstraps mm. and say, I'm going to figure this out. Right. But it's really resting in that truth. What Romans 3 says, not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, yeah. knowing knowing right. that our suffering produces endurance and endurance produces character. And character produces hope. Hope does not put us to shame so because God's love has poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit has been given to us. So we can uh, learn to hope in Christ and that, I think, is how we learn to persevere, right? right? That's how no, we learn to endure. Yeah. And knowing is not always feeling, right? That is, yeah. that is the hard thing. We so, like our feelings. So <laughs> we do. And that can some maybe feel like, oh, that's not encouraging because you're just telling me just to, just to do this. Honestly, hear us out. The encouraging bit is not that you can just, that you're going to have to go through this. The encouraging piece is that you're not alone, is mm. that Christ has is alongside you, that your hope is in him, that your your hope is secure secure yeah. in him. And so let that be your encouragement. Right. Um, so again, for the conversation challenge, um, uh, read John 17, read John 16 and 17. <laughs> okay. And Romans five. Come on. <laughs> We're telling you to read your Bible people. No, but the reason why I say John 17 is because it's the it high really priestly is. prayer. Yes. It's yes. kind of a packaged deal. So read the high priestly prayer, either alone out loud or together out loud, yeah. but do read it out loud. I love reading scripture out loud. There's just, it's so powerful. Um, and then maybe talk through it, right? How does the high priestly prayer, how does Christ's prayer for his believers, for his church, how does it affect you as people who are participants in in his grace and, and recipients of his grace? Yes. Uh, with that said, um, I'm going to pray this out and uh, we'll call it an episode. So, uh, Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you, um, Jesus for contending our behalf, mm, yes. for loving us so well, for sacrificing yourself um, so that we can have full life in you, for conquering the death, for over for overcoming this world mm. um, so that we can um, have our hope in you. Thank you for the word that you've given us, that it is the truth. It is not just true. It is not just echoing some other truth, but it is the mm. truth, mm-hmm. Jesus. I thank you for that. I pray for the couples listening to this, that they would be encouraged, um, Holy Spirit, that you would encourage them, that you would give them deep, deep hope, deep peace, 
deep endurance and hope and knowing that their endurance is going to produce all of these things and that this tribulation, this trial, this hard thing, this mm-hmm. this frustrating season that they're going through is not in vain, that you will redeem it, that mm-hmm. you will use it to produce in them something that is greater, of greater value than they could probably even imagine mm-hmm. even now. So, Lord, I pray that you would encourage the husband, the wife, the couple today. In your precious name, amen. Amen. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you once again for joining us. This episode is... In the can. We have actually an interview coming out this week, so make sure you check that out on Thursday. And uh, should be it's going to be good content. We, we try not to share anything that we don't think is good. <laughs> so, uh, Rule of thumb. <laughs> yeah. But it, we like to bring in some other perspectives. Um, so we do have a bunch of interviews that will be coming out over the coming months. And uh, yeah, well, I remember radio my micro machine voice right there. <laughs> All right. Uh, anyway, as usual, thank you for joining us. We will see you next time. Until then, stay fierce. Thank you for listening to the Fierce Marriage Podcast. For more resources for your marriage, please visit FierceMarriage.com or you can find us with our handle at Fierce Marriage on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Thank you so much for listening. We hope it's blessed you. Take care.